Good morning. Speak, friend, and enter the Bag End Book Club. I'm Nora. I'm joined by M. A miasma from Thangoro Drem has come to me. <laughs> <laughs> and Autumn. Hi. We're here to talk to you about the Silmarillion. That we are. Yeah, <clears throat> we are. Um, Thingolfin gets iced, but it's chill. <laughs> That's the main thing. <laughs> that is like at the back end of two chapters. <laughs> That's the main thing. And you only remember that's the thing because I was talking about how excited I I remember it. that's the thing because that was the thing that I remembered. I, it's the whole rest of these two chapters that I did not really. <laughs> of the coming of men into the West, if you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, they found men just wandering around. They're like, what's the deal? And men were very afraid of them because Morgoth had found men ages ago and just told them a bunch of shit. Yeah. Uh, But uh, being being uh, craftier than everyone else, men were like, yeah, he's probably lying. (laughs) And so they were they were hesitant, but not like, you know, they weren't automatically against uh, um, elves. Also, seemingly whatever happened to them in the Far East uh, was bad. Because they're like, we don't talk about what happened to us over the mountains. Yeah. Uh, I got... And then the... Oh, go ahead. This is just reminds me of some cull stuff that I was reading. <laughs> the, <laughs> the dimmest history of prehistory. Uh, yeah, I do like Felagun, like, coming into their camp as they're all sleeping and playing them elf music and they've never heard it, but it's like before. Um, and they're all, they all wake up and think they're all having the same dream. Until they realize everyone else is up too. It's really good. And, and then like, they make nice him king. <laughs> and then they basically make him king and he teaches them how to speak. He's like, anyway, um, here's Wonderwall. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderwall's to the north regarding that. Don't look at Wonderwall. It's bad for you. But don't go away from Wonderwall either. <laughs> no. Um, and yeah, because men are hardy and there's just so fucking many of these guys. Um, they just immediately go to work in service of the elf lords. Um, all the ones will have them, or, you know. Yeah. In, uh, who is it? Uh, Filagund? F- no, it's not Filagund. Who's the guy in, um, in, uh, Doriath? Is it Fingolfin? He- no, it's, is it Marak? Or Malak? Or Amlak? <laughs> no. <laughs> Beor? The guy just does, has no time for Feligund. any of this men bullshit. Yes. No. There's a lot of names in the Silmarillion. There's a lot of names. Thingol. Thingol. Thingol's like, uh, no. There are all these new people settling. And there's some other guys who are like, all these, all these people want land. We don't have land to give out. It's beautiful and elf-like because nobody fucking lives on it. These guys. And they like to cut down trees. Yeah. They have axes, which is fucked up. They're cutting down trees. They're burning things. They're hunting things. We don't hunt anything but orcs out here. Come on. <laughs> uh, yeah, but more, mostly they settle in and learn quickly, and um, then they fucking start dying off. And like, what the fuck? <laughs> that part's so good. All our new guys just die. <laughs> There's like more of them. It's like they have kids, and the kids replace them real, real fast. It's easy, but like, damn. <laughs> 
This is so funny. Imagine, imagine having never seen someone die of old age before and all, like a whole generation of these new people start doing it. It feels like the end of the goddamn world. <laughs> Just looking at the difference between elf and human lifespans, like, damn, these guys are horny. <laughs> yeah, before you know they die, you're like, why are they so like busy about making kids and shit? <laughs> Just, oh, okay. Damn. Just let the no wonder. music of creation fill you. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but they make fast friends with Bior, the old. Yeah. Um, not the same Bior. No. From later. No, no, no. But um, this guy's cool. Yeah. He um he lives to be like. 93 or something Mm -hmm. something like that um there's that one guy who's like no you can't live here either keep going or go away or like turn back Uh, Mm. these are our woods and stuff Uh, i don't remember which elf that is that might have actually been thingle the thing about um the men is that they've all heard of valar the valar and they want to go there like they're like we're going west we're gonna hit the ocean then we're gonna go to the, the promised land that's a thing you can do yeah like well let's tell you about that actually we kind of fucked that up for everyone sorry but there was this cool guy who showed up in like magic in our camps and told us all this cool stuff about like elves and stuff don't trust that guy oh that guy's an asshole meanwhile in the elves an elf shows up to say all sorts of uh things about there uh there are no valinor or something Oh, right. Another spoke who was believed to be Amlak, saying that elves had beguiled the men with tales of light and gods and a dark lord in the north. This is the elves. This is not elves. This is men. Right. These are guys talking about, hey, do you think there's a dark lord? And one guy's like, yeah, probably not. And then (laughs) that guy shows up later. He's like, that wasn't me. And then everyone's like, oh, fuck. I guess there is a dark lord. (laughs) Yeah. This is why they call Morgoth the master of lies. The part where Morgoth just constantly is like going just a little too hard at sowing dissent and blowing up in his face is very uh, funny to me. He just can't be chill about it. Uh, Then after that happens, some of the men go north and join Maedros. Some of the men go back over the mountains and are forgotten to time and history. Yeah. Who knows where they ended up? Maybe right here in Chicago, Illinois. (laughs) Um, The important thing is that many men come in service to the kings and their sons also serve the kings. And like, it's like, it's like they had, it's weird because like the book doesn't play it this way, but you get the sense of like, if you're like a French monarch, you just have like the king's dog and then the king's dog has puppies and you keep the puppies so when the king's dog dies you replace the king's dog that's kind of how the elves treat men. <laughs> just elves and that energy is not like put in the book i don't think tolkien sees it that way but it's it's interesting to me that like morgoth doesn't play on that being a truth because it is just true. There is the line about the elves are like, men should have their own kings, which I bet yeah. comes about yes, from I, them being I, like super old. Absolutely. And they're like, yeah. it's kind of fucked up that we've ruled over like six generations of these guys. Maybe they should have their own guys that aren't like immortal. Mm-hmm. 
also like elf plans are like yeah we're going to work on this city and it'll be done 400 years from now and a, a man has to look at that and be like well that's my great 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 grandson maybe who gets to enjoy whatever we're building now that sucks i can make a house out of wood in like a year yeah exactly it's just like different and like this is the <laughs> this is the thing that's good about elves but it does make the relationship strained right yeah but um, having this sort of like uh elf guys and human guys turns out that's a pretty good tactic against morgoth because elves can do stuff men can't and men will do stuff that elves won't like go into the <laughs> north um so that's yeah. that's most of that first chapter there is the big paragraph that talks about uh the sons of hador yes um they go into all of the guys who are going to be the most important you know, Hador uh, sons were Galdor and Gundor, and Galdor's sons are Hurin and Huror, and Hurin's son was Turin, who's really important, and uh, Huror's son was Tuor, who's the father of Yarendil. We know all about him already. He's very important. Um, and further on, you get like, you know... Um, Haleth. Talking about, yeah, talking about uh, um, uh, Baron, who's coming up next week. We also get the aside about Haleth's, like, girl boss adventures. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Where she loses her brother and father to orcs and then just kind of leads yes. her people further and further west over many, many years. And each time they go west, they're like, should we keep going? This sucks. And she's like, yes. <laughs> and then they get to some new places and they're like, should we keep going? This sucks even worse. She's like, Yes. We will kill orcs. <laughs> and then eventually she gets old and dies. Um, I like Haleth a lot. She seems very cool. There's, I'm trying to find the line. There's a bit where they describe her as man-hearted, I think. Yeah, it's a, like a, a title. Descriptor. Yes. It's like her introduction is that she's also called man-hearted. Oh. Um, which, fair enough. But, it's time to be done with all this walking around all this making friends bullshit it's time for war yeah the war is back <laughs> and it starts with morgoth uh showing off his science experiment with the vinegar and the baking soda because <laughs> he's yeah. made a bunch of volcanoes and a dragon um, and the dragon is now fully grown ready to fuck shit the up. father of dragons um, and so, yeah, Thangorodrin erupts and orcs and balrogs and dragons pour out and it's bad for everyone. It's pretty bad. Uh, a whole uh, city gets, like, burned up in that lava. Yeah. Well, yeah, they've been building, they've literally been building encampments on the, like, northern edge of all the kingdoms waiting for Morgoth to attack. And so, you know, when the attack is just a lava pool... Um, all those kingdoms are just getting wiped out immediately. <laughs> it's bad time. Lava's very effective. Yes. We know this from reading Lord of the Rings. <laughs> we do know this from reading Lord of the Rings. What's the body count also, on lava so far in Lord of the Rings? It's like... <laughs> we definitely got Gollum. <laughs> uh, depending on if you take the movie version, there's some other guys that get gotten in the, in the lava, but... Yeah. 
Also, the other thing uh, that's mentioned is anything that the lava didn't immediately destroy is just, like, choked the life out of. It's just, like, desolate and poisonous. Yeah. And then, and then there's the orcs and the balrogs and the dragon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the war is afoot. Um oh the one thing we didn't mention last uh last chapter is uh i think it's in last chapter there is a whole paragraph about the swarthy men uh because uh-huh. you can't get away with some racism happening <laughs> i forgot about that yes there's one part where the easterlings show up or the yeah, or like, the... there's all these noble uh tall and fair men but then there's these other guys and they're gross the capital s capital m swarthy men yes i um, didn't realize it was capitalized that's yeah. so um they show up and there was some weird sentence structures that i didn't quite understand some of them are cool and some of them are not cool yeah uh, i don't anticipate we will learn much more about the easterlings i don't think so no um but it's time the battle of sudden flame dagor Bragalak. in the middle in the middle of winter um Oh shit! I forgot that it's in the Just middle of winter time. too. Fuck yeah. yeah, yeah. It was quiet and snowy, uh, very much like the beginning of Skyrim, if you can believe that. <laughs> I don't think dragon it's much... attacks out of nowhere. I don't think it's very uh-huh. much like Skyrim. <laughs> um, but yeah, the main thing is like the line's broken, the siege has ended. Most of the elves immediately flee into Doriath. And uh, so Thingol just has this enormous army of refugees he's sitting on, not doing anything with them still. <clears throat> and uh, uh, but then everyone else pours into the other into the other like remaining fortresses. Yeah, uh, Thingolfin gets an idea. This is a I pretty just good make idea. Sure before <laughs> before we say any of that, there's anything else that's really important here. A bunch of people die. Just so many people die. There's a bunch of people who just get name dropped as they did okay, but then they fell back to this place or that place or yeah. Majros is mentioned again. Him, him, lad. Kelogorm, yeah. They show up. Thanor's sons live, but um, they get fucked up. It is mentioned more than once that um, while the attack was overwhelming, Morgoth just underestimated men. Um, and it expected the alliance not hold, and it did, and so it didn't. It wasn't as bad as it could be. Any, That's important. Anybody else watching this should probably take notes about alliances of elves and men, <laughs> just for future reference. If there's anyone like maybe let maybe a lieutenant of Morgoths who's left in charge uh, while Morgoth is fucking around, maybe he should be like taking notes. Maybe. Um. But yeah. Um, so, <laughs> news of this comes, uh, to Fingolfin, and he's like, this is the hour, everything's ruined, all of our kingdoms are gonna be thrown down and we'll all die. Um, I'm just gonna read the whole thing. Excuse me, I'm, I'm sick with COVID. I, <laughs> this is why I sound like this, but I, this is literally one of my favorite passages in all of this book, so, um. Then Fingolfin beheld, as it seemed to him, the utter ruin of the Noldor and the defeat beyond redress of all their houses, and filled with wrath and despair, he mounted upon Rochelor, his great horse, and rode forth alone, and none might restrain him. He passed over Dornu Foglith like a wind amidst the dust, and all that beheld his onset fled in amaze, thinking that Arome himself had come, 
for a great madness of rage was upon him, so that his eyes shone like the eyes of the Valar. Thus he came alone to Angband's gates, and he sounded his horn, and smote once more upon the brazen doors, and challenged Morgoth to come forth to single combat. And Morgoth came. It's fucking sick. Now, so fucking cool. sick. There's some interesting language used in, in describing this duel um, that has had some interesting effects on the art I've seen of this duel. Because oh. so, so the important thing, it then goes on to narrate that like Morgoth did not come willingly, but this little elf king was out there sounding his horn and talking shit, and Morgoth felt pressure in his heart and fear to go out there and prove himself. Otherwise, what would his armies avail him if they don't believe in him? Yeah, and so he went out. If the king does not lead, how can he expect <laughs> his subordinates to follow? Yeah. Now it's. Um, I. You want to read the description because it's wild. It's so wild. I don't have the. Okay, I'll I'll read it, I'll read it. Therefore Morgoth came, climbing slowly from his subterranean throne, and the rumor of his feet was like thunder underground. And he issued forth clad in black armor, and he stood before the king like a tower, iron crowned, and his vast shield, sable emblazoned, cast a shadow over him like a thundercloud. But Thingolfin gleamed beneath it as a star, for his mail was overlaid with silver, and his blue shield was set with crystals, and he drew his sword Ringle that glittered like ice. Now, Uh, it describes him as a tower... Yes. And, then the next. Then when he when he swings his hammer, Grand, which is also the name of the battering ram at Minas Tirith, uh-huh. thousands of years from now, um, it it creates pits big enough for Fingolfin to fall into. Yes. Enormous. Now, <laughs> reading through all of this, you might expect, you know, uh, Morgoth seems very big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seems you're showing you're big. showing the famous art, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking of the if I just Google Morgoth Fingolfin, Fingolfin. You know that meme that everyone attributes to like yeah. Dark Souls or whatever, the big little big giant guy. That's just what this is for real. There's like this image where, he, where he's got the dorky looking mask and the tiny little Fingolfin fighting him. Uh, he's like you know sixty feet tall. But this other art is is more, I think, I'm going to post it in the back end of chat here. This is is really sick. Um, it's just Can there. you make this bigger? I can't really figure out what, this, what I'm looking at here. This is, I don't, this okay. is, uh, he's there, he's got his dark armor, and he's there with his blue shield, and he's like. That one is, that one is, I think of this as the classic. Oh, okay. I am par- I am partial to this big fuck off enormous tower man. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I always thought that he was very big, but then at the end uh, of the duel, Morgoth puts his foot on uh, Fingolfin's neck, and I was like, oh wait, hold on. Yeah, he can't be. He can't be like a hundred feet tall or he anything. He can't be a hundred feet tall. <laughs> he's yeah. he's maybe like twelve. Yeah. <laughs> Dark Souls boss. Uh, he's a Dark Souls 2 boss. Berserk boss. He's a big guy. Um, but it's just sick. Uh, yeah. Morgoth hurled aloft Grand at the hammer of the underworld and swung it down like a bolt of thunder. Um, and it says, um, many times Morgoth essayed to smite him, and each time Fingolfin leaped away as lightning shoots out from under a dark cloud. And he wounded Morgoth with seven wounds, and seven times Morgoth gave a cry of anguish, whereat the hosts of Angband fell upon their faces in dismay, and the cries echoed in the Northlands. This shit's pretty sick. 
It's pretty good. These chapters were not totally hitting for me, but this this part fucking hits. This isn't even my favorite part. <laughs> um. Anyway, King grew wary. He gets knocked down. Morgoth puts his foot on his throat. Um. And then once he does that, uh, Fingolfin hews his foot, and the blood gushes forth, and it's like smoking in the pit that's been left by the hammer, and Fingolfin dies. Uh, doing one last stroke, but it leaves Morgoth limping the rest of his days. Does this mean that he lost his foot, or that he just got like? I think it, I think it means it was like horribly wounded. I don't think yeah. he lost. This it. is that's sort, how I read it. This is sort of a, a uh, this is a because they say they say he goes around halt of foot. Yeah, yeah. Whenever halt of one foot, which just means that it is like useless. Um. This is a call forward uh, to the uh, events of Dragonlance, actually, when uh, Tasselhoff Burfoot duels Shut Chaos. Up. Shut up. Father of all and nothing. Um, That's not a... He, and... did, he does do that. <laughs> I love but, Tasselhoff. Um, and then Thorndor, the King of the Eagles, brings tidings of this because no one witnessed it. Um, but also, he, on the side of the he gets a little hit in himself. Yes, because Morgoth is going to, he breaks the body and is going to toss it to the wolves. Um, and the eagle rends Morgoth's face and takes the body away. And in the same part where it describes his limp, uh, it also says that Morgoth is, carries the scar on his face from that incident yes. as well. Um, and the pains of his wounds couldn't be healed. Just a bad time. Just a bad um, and then the body's taken up to a high mountain where a cairn's built over it. And uh, that's it. Elves, do not sing of this one. It's too... It's too grim. But neither do the orcs. Yeah, neither do the orcs. I would like to read a, a brief passage. Yeah, sure. Uh, At length, after the fall of Fingolfin, Sauron, greatest and most terrible of the servants of Morgoth, who in the... Cind- I knew you were going to pop off about this. <laughs> I knew you were going to love this. <laughs> who in the cinder and tongue was named Gorthaur, came against Orodreth, right. the warden of the tower upon Tulsirian. <laughs> Sauron was become a, come now a sorcerer of dreadful power, master of shadows and phantoms, foul in wisdom, cruel in strength, misshaping what he touched, twisting what he ruled, lord of werewolves. His dominion was torment. The man. It's pretty sick. <laughs> um, now I'm just going to post a picture of uh, Sauron from the, <laughs> the no. new TV show. No. Jack ruined it for you. <laughs> the lord of werewolves. Twink Sauron. <laughs> I, have, I have not seen werewolves used with this kind of like vibe. Like, there's like werewolves like moon themed and like all oh, the like, inner animal let out. Themed. And we've seen the we've seen the ward or the what are they? Yeah, called? the wards. Yeah, but I haven't I hadn't considered the idea of like werewolves in the context of misshaping or like shape shifting being this like weird and evil mm-hmm. thing like this grotesquerie um, yes it's not just um, it's not the important part isn't necessarily the wolf part it's the like mm-hmm. twisting and and shaping part uh he then he then takes over minas tirith the original minas tirith and yeah. turns it into uh uh tol and garoth the isle of werewolves that's right and it becomes like a watchtower by which no one can enter the north no living creature uh, could pass through that veil that Sauron did not espy from the tower where he sat. He's going to get a lot of practice sitting in a tower. Yeah, I was going to say, Sauron's got one plan, and it's a decent plan, but he's only got one plan. <laughs> I'm going to take... I do like... 
Oh, go ahead. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say I'm gonna take this tower and I'm gonna sit in it, and I'm gonna look at stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do like the way in which Sauron feels like Morgoth is a is a like a you know a Satan figure, this corrupting influence that keeps trying to meddle and disrupt uh, men and elves or whatever. But Sauron just has like a like a different vibe. He's just got the sicko magic in him. Yeah. Every time he comes up. <laughs> well. Morgoth just wants to ruin the fun all the time, whereas Sauron is like, I'm going to become the evil sorcerer king of all this shit. <laughs> you remember when we meet the mouth of Sauron, he's like, okay, this is where our borders will be? <laughs> this yeah, is what yes. you will do for me? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't think Morgoth necessarily cares about taxation. Um, no. There is a bit here after all of that where it says, to the men Morgoth feigned pity, if anyone hearkened to his message, saying their woes came only in their servitude to the rebel Noldor. Um, and so just like, please, you know, if you throw down arms and serve me, I'll treat you well. And no one listens to him because, you know, they're not fools. Yeah. This is where the Swarthy Men come in. I just saw it on the next page. I was like, oh, yeah, oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's the Sorcerer King. Yeah. The Master of Shadows and Phantoms. He's cool. I um I was going to yeah. say I love him. I don't love him, but <laughs> there's going to be some other cool sorcerer guys later. Mm. Kind of, I think. I'm just excited for Numenor, really. I think some cool shit's going to come out of Numenor. <laughs> I I'm, um, I'm excited about Baron and Luthien next week. Sure. The the other big the other big important thing here is um Hurin and Hor uh fleeing all of this get taken get received by turgon um and you know in gondolin which is you know the, the hidden city no one gets to leave and he is like oh like what tell us about the world he's ready to he's like oh doom's at hand gotta prepare um but treats them all very well and when they ask to go he lets them go and Meglin's like wait a second <laughs> my dad died and my mother died because you you said no one could leave well, they came here on the backs of eagles and I the like whimsy them. of their flight. Uh, you know. And so he's like, I, you better understand how big a deal this is. He hasn't let anyone go. I, I'm basically a prisoner here, even though everyone treats me very well. I think of it as like a jail. How true that is, anyone's guess, he's a creep. Um, <laughs> but they're like, if it make, if it'll make you feel... Because they're just like the most earnest like baby face in the world. Like It'll make you feel better, Maitland. We promise we're never going to tell anyone. Pinky double die swear to you <laughs> where this place is if, when we leave. I'm and sure they, this won't turn bad. They get home and they're like, whew. Uh, we got saved by Eagle. That's what happened. And they're like, for a year? The Eagles, the eagles yeah, it was like the Eagles change, like cut your hair and put you in robes and fed you real good? Because you're looking great. This armor's great. Where'd you get this armor? And they're like, I can't tell you eagle that. Eagle armor. Don't worry about it. We promise. Yeah. Um, but then Turgon starts to send, he starts to build ships and send them west, trying to find a way to appeal to the Valar to come and do something about this. Someone's finally doing the obvious thing. Where it's like, there's an easy solution here. It's just not in our power. Mm -hmm. But uh, no one's listening. Can we get the other, like, six guys that are as strong as Morgoth to come kick his ass again? That would be great. <laughs> um, and then they do mention that Morgoth still doesn't really know where these... He's heard of... He's heard of one of the city. He, like, he's heard of... Uh, 
um, where is it? The the um, Nargathron, which is the big cave one. But he hasn't heard of Gondolin, and he doesn't know. He's just like worried. Like, where are these guys? I know there's kingdoms somewhere, and I don't know where they are. It's kind of like when you know there's a bug in your apartment. Yes, and you just can't <laughs> sleep, and you feel itchy all the time. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Well, uh, next week we are reading Baron and Luthien, which is longer than both these chapters combined. Yes. And we're also reading... A, uh, a reasonably short one. Uh, Not of, like super short. Of the fifth battle, Nerneth Arneodiad. Arneodiad. Yeah, we're this so is going to be the longest you. week, I think, of the entire book. So Yes, I think so. Uh, are we doing eventually a Kalabeth and Rings of Power in the same week, or are we doing the two different weeks for that? I don't remember. I don't know how long they are, so um... they're like fifty pages together. <clears throat> um, yeah, we can do them the same week. They're all shit we know. It's gonna be really easy. That's true. They're in the audiobook. They're both an hour, which is like usually two chapters is an hour in the audiobook. Okay, so we can decide when we get closer to that. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> M. Uh, where can people uh, find you online? You can find me on Twitter at em underscore bing. You can find all the podcasts me and Jackson do, who couldn't be here today, at uh, abnormalmapping.com. We have a... Mm, about to cough? Nope. Okay. We have a game club uh, called Abnormal Mapping. You can find it at thebestgame.club. We recently put out an episode on Survival Kids, a Game Boy Color game that's really interesting and most people haven't heard of, so please check that out. I think it's a really good episode. Um, and you can support us at patreon.com slash mapping. You can find me on Twitter at neither Nora. You can find stuff I've done at norablake.online. You can support this show by going to exportaud.io or more if you just I guess you already are listening to it so you don't need the more specific URL to get to this podcast. But give us money and you could be listening to this a week in the past. A week early Damn. is how most people would say that. You could have listened to this a week ago if you'd given us money. Yeah. You should do that. I think it's worth it. I also think it's worth it. You can follow me. You get a lot of podcasts for a dollar, honestly. You get a lot of podcasts for a dollar. Although, currently, I don't think there are any that are just a dollar. Hmm? All the early stuff's a dollar, The early right? stuff's a dollar. I don't think we have yeah, one that I is... just mean, like, if you want to keep up on Export Audio, yes. they, should, they should give you a dollar. Yeah. They should give you five, really. Let's be real. But Let's be what, real. Why should they give us five dollars? You can find me on Twitter at autumnal underscore coffee. You can find me on co-host at autumnal. If you want to send this podcast to your friends who don't know about this podcast yet, you could send them to exportodd.io slash bagend. That would show them all the apps and things where they can access this podcast. Um, or if you go to exportodd.io, you give us $5 a month, you get to listen to Pop Town Funk, um, which is a show where Nora and I roll random Funko Pops and watch things like The Princess Bride. Golden Girls. Season 3, Episode 8 of Golden Girls. That's right. <laughs> um, some other stuff that we've watched. The people We watched Guardians, a Goofy movie. Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Also Guardians of the Galaxy 1, which was a real unforced error on our part. <laughs> uh, uh, we watched Moonraker. We watched Moonraker. That was a bad ep. Not a bad ep, a bad movie. <laughs> Uh, anyway, that does it for this episode. Yeah. Uh, read for Ruin in the Red Dawn. Yeah.